Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the solo episode. We are at the end of February 2022, and it just amazes me how fast time goes when you are intentional. And as you know, I shared with you at the end of January, my word for 2022 is intention. And I can honestly say that I've carried that out for another full month. And it amazes me how quick we are already at halfway halfway through Q1 of 2022. It's been an exciting month on the podcast. I have expanded my network. We are meeting and networking and chatting with heart-centered leaders from many other countries. There's amazing new authors that I've met. And I don't know if I've shared with you And it's one of my heart-centered leadership qualities is I love to be an avid reader. And with the theme of my word of intention for 2022, I'm pushing myself out of the normal genres that I would normally read and pushing myself to really look into other topics and subjects and things that always give me a little bit of curiosity. I'm also involved in a wonderful 100-day creative workshop with Seth Godin that I'm really, really enjoying. I have been placed within an amazing cohort, cohort, and I have met some extremely creative, astute, amazing people who are pushing me to explore and go within And the creativeness and intention that comes with writing every day and just writing, even if the intention's not fully there, I find it rises to the surface during the process. I have had a lot of wins this month with clients, a couple of promotions, a couple of executives who have switched roles and sectors. And my love for neuroscience continues to evolve as I am intentional and curious and always wanting to know what I can do next. Even if it's something that's not in my craft, my expertise, my educational experience, my life experience, intention allows you to go down and explore other avenues. I continue to speak to heart-centered leaders all over the globe, both in my coaching practice and on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And it's amazing when you lean into meaningful conversations, how it can bring an awareness or again, an intention or a reminder or a deja vu. And I find 
when I'm all in and present in a conversation, which I pride myself on doing, it allows me to make connections with people who may not have connected otherwise. And that has been the most exciting part of the podcast, of growing my practice globally, and just having that awareness. And I want to share something with you on this podcast at the end of February. Have you ever tried to practice what I call empathetic accuracy? This is a little tool that I share with a lot of my executives, and it's very, very simple. When you are present and paying attention and you want to take it to the next level and really hone in on empathetic accuracy, you have to do one simple action. And that is to close your eyes. And when you close your eyes, it's almost like giving the back of your brain, the occipital lobe, a little reprieve, a little break. And your empathetic awareness allows your auditory perception and processing to go to another level. And I've had executives from the director level all the way up to the C-suite level practice this, become very proficient, share it with their teams. If they need to recalibrate on a Zoom call for reconnection with their people, this is something that will greatly help you. It's something that I pride myself on and I find it to be the intersection of my background, my love for neuroscience, constantly looking at other strategies and modalities to incorporate into my coaching practice. And those that are willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and try this, they love it. It allows an openness for something new. And when people try it, they can't believe how amazing it is. So why don't, why don't you take a break? Let's take a breath. Let's sit up straight. Let's relax our shoulders back and down. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I'm going to read something to you. And we'll put this into practice. So here we go. You're sitting up straight. You've taken a breath. I want to dedicate this episode to a mentor of mine. I'm going to just use his initials, SM. And he gave me this poem when I transitioned from being a neurotrauma disability case manager into coaching. So close your eyes and let's see what you really hear. The mayonnaise jar and coffee. When things in your life are almost too much to handle, when 24 hours is just not enough, remember the mayonnaise jar and the coffee. A professor stood before his philosophy class and had some items in front of him. When the class began, wordlessly, he picked up a very large and empty mayonnaise jar and proceeded to fill it with golf balls. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed it was. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly. 
the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the golf balls. He then asked the students again if the jar was full. They agreed it was. The professor next picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. Of course, the sand filled up everything else. He asked once more if the jar was full. The students responded with a unanimous yes. Then the professor produced two cups of coffee from underneath his table and poured the entire contents into the jar, effectively filling the empty space between the sand. The students laughed. Now, said the professor, as the laughter subsided, I want you to recognize that this jar represents your life. The golf balls are the important things. Your family, your children, your health, your friends, and your favorite passions. Things that if everything else was lost and only they remained, your life would still be full. The pebbles are the other things that matter, like your job, your house, and your car. The sand is everything else, the small stuff. If you put the sand in the jar first, he continued, there is no room for the pebbles or the golf balls. The same goes for your life. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are important. Pay attention to the things that are critical to your happiness. Play with your children. Take time to get medical checkups. Take your wife, husband, lover, friend out to dinner. Maybe even play another 18 holes of golf. There will always be time to clean the house and fix the garbage disposal. Take care of the golf balls first, the things that really matter. Set your priorities. The rest is just sand. One of the students raised her hand and inquired what the coffee represented. The professor smiled. I'm glad you asked. It just goes to show you that no matter how full your life may seem, there is always room for a cup of coffee with a friend. Take a deep breath and open your eyes. And I'd love to hear from you what you heard from that beautiful poem. And what I love is how we can look at the intrinsic things in our life, our family, our friends, versus the extrinsic things. And I shared this poem with you today because a lot of you have heard my story and how I've lost five executives 12 years ago. And in the end, this was the conversation that was had. They were worrying about all of the extrinsic things and they allowed a deficit for the intrinsic, including their own health. So my call to action for you today is to do a self-audit of everything that has just been beautifully said in that poem. Where are your priorities? I'm hoping that you're not working yourself 
to a level of stress that is not healthy for you, your family, your friends? Are you making enough time to have self-care in your life every day? Because there's no point working yourself against deadlines when it comes to the detriment of your health. That is the prime and sole reason why I choose to do what I do now. I want managers, leaders, executives, and C-suites, I want them to rise to the top, whatever that means to them, successfully, not with consequence, bad health, or hearing the proverbial, there's no time, I don't have time. We all have 24 hours a day, and how we choose to spend that is personal. So figure out how many hours a day are you working? Out of that 24, how many are you sleeping? Is there an hour carved out solely for you to implement and practice self-care? Because I can guarantee you, if you don't take the time now, you can run out of time. And I say that from the bottom of my heart because I've seen it time and time again over a 21-year period. So what can you do to remove stress, implement self-care, and anchor back on that poem? We always have time for coffee with a friend. Who's a friend you haven't spoken to for a while that you could reach out? How can you honor your heart-centered leadership? Always remember the definition. Heart-centered leadership is honoring your connection with people. So when you think about all the people in your life, your family, your loved ones, your friends, your extended family, your colleagues, your acquaintances, your co-workers, who have you not reached out to for a while? Who would really benefit from a text, an email, or how about a good old-fashioned phone call? And if you're able to meet and have that cup of coffee that the professor talked about in the poem, when was the last time you did a self-audit of your life, what you're doing, what's making you happy, and what's holding you back from transitioning to that dream that you're holding in your mind? And if you're holding it in your mind, is it aligned with your heart? What's holding you back? We all know that there's two emotions in our life, fear and love. Every other emotion is either underneath fear or underneath love. So let's talk about the big one that we all do, including myself. Where do you show up and have procrastination in your life? We all know that procrastination is a fear-based behavior. So what are you procrastinating on? What's something that you're always going to get to or you want to do when that day comes? What if I challenge you? to make that day and ask you to come into what I call cognitive currency and live in the now, today. What can you do today? What small step can you implement to move yourself one small step closer to the dream that you're holding in your heart? We know that we often hear and say someday, but sometimes someday never shows up. If you keep putting things off, 
I'm going to ask you to dig a little deeper to why you're doing that. How are you honoring yourself? And if you're not honoring yourself, how can you honor your connection with people and really be or become a heart-centered leader? Again, I want to keep reiterating this. You do not need a title or stature or academia, letters behind your name to be a heart-centered leader. I have interviewed some amazing heart-centered leaders on this podcast where post-secondary education wasn't in their cards. And there's also those, including myself, that didn't get to finish university. But that didn't mean that I didn't stop learning. I didn't stop taking courses. I pride myself on being that avid reader. And I can tell you from interviewing and coaching leaders in all sectors across the globe, nothing trumps experience. Experience is something that we have wholeheartedly in our mind and in our heart. It is that head and heart alignment. And I see so many people not living the life that they want or consider themselves not to be a leader because they were told that. Well, that's no longer being tolerated as we are in the depths of the resignation boom. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're really not sure, close your eyes, get quiet, get clear, write your goals down on paper. If you're really not feeling secure in where you're at today, close your eyes on that next meeting, turn your camera off and listen to hear if you're really in the space that you want to be. I know February is all about love. We had Valentine's Day, but I want to challenge you as a heart-centered leader. Heart-centered leadership, you're allowed to lead with love. It's the foundation of heart-centered leadership. Companies are incorporating this into their constitution, into their mission statement, into their core values. Heart-centered leadership is learned and practiced on a daily basis, not only on February the 14th. So how can you get creative with your team, with your executive, with your organization as a whole to lead with love, embrace imperfection? Hence the name of this podcast, which I love so much. What imperfections can you highlight this week? When was the last time you had a good laugh at yourself? So I am recording this month's episode in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. I know it's very snowy and cold back at home in Ontario, but I had the privilege of coming out to visit my daughter and to work with a new client. And it's been a really wonderful experience visiting this province. I haven't been out to British Columbia since 1999. So I hope this month has been everything you had wanted it to be. What are you moving forward with into March that you want to explore, learn, get familiar with? When you are being a professional in the service of others as a heart-centered leader, how are you being generous? How are you bringing your creativity into your leadership? 
how are you demonstrating your ability to have attention and model self-care? Not once in a while, not intermittently, but daily. How are you anchoring that connection to model that for your people? How are you achieving growth and continued evolving of your own self-awareness? Are you showing up every day as your best self? And how are you being imperfect with your authenticity and vulnerability to share something that your staff doesn't know about you? Have you ever trained yourself to blurt something out and then have a good laugh? Your team, your organization, they're not looking for perfection at the top because they know perfection is an intangible reality. What are you reading to evolve your leadership regardless of where you're at? Are you sharing how you're evolving humbly as a leader every day with your organization, with your executive team? And I want to end February solo episode with this. If you really want to be a heart-centered leader, action will give you traction. Embrace not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. And remember, diversity and inclusion plus heart-centered leadership is truly a universal language that connects us all globally. Our heart-centered leadership quality poster is now in 15 languages. We will continue to have that in many languages. Every time I'm asked, we, we have it translated into the next language upon request. And it's just been a dream to see it evolve from English to now 15 languages. You can always obtain a copy by emailing us at imperfect at debcrow.com. And I want to ask you today to live in a place that will allow your head and your heart to be aligned. So from spring-like sunny Victoria, BC, I want to wish you a wonderful end of February. Excited to hear what March has in store for you. And I look forward to spending time with you again at the end of March. This is Deb Crow, and you've been listening to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.